Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along today. Excited to have this guy back on the program as we get our monthly update from Washington, D.C. and what's going on uh, there and beyond from the 5th Congressional District of the great state of Ohio. Excited to have back on here with us, Congressman Bob Latta. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Great. Good morning. Good morning. Always good to talk with you. Let's talk about some of the latest. Obviously, we saw the headline from CNBC just a couple days ago. Inflation going back up again, over 9% again. The Federal Reserve says says they want to raise interest rates to continue to battle it. We've gone how many months now with raising interest rates to try and battle inflation, but yet it doesn't seem to go down while the Biden administration is parading the economy, saying that right now that uh, the economy is doing oh so well. What's the scoop here, Congressman? Well, you got to remember, inflation is only transitory in the president's view, and so there's nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. But you're absolutely right. When the uh, report came out, when you think about cost of living going up to 8.3%, this is going back to hardworking Americans they have to contend with. So, uh, you know, there's a real disconnect with the president and the Democrats, and so their solution, they say, is let's just spend more money. And you just go back again, uh, just not more than a year and a half ago, when they passed a $1.9 trillion piece of legislation on quote-unquote COVID relief, of which less than 10% of us uh, allegedly for COVID, that they didn't pay for. And this is what started the spiraling out of control of inflation and this massive Democrat government spending. And you look at the infrastructure package that they passed, that that wasn't uh, paid for, and there's large parts of it that, uh, you know, it's just, just like pass it on to somebody else. And, uh, of course, then you see the president talking about, well, let's uh, do away with $10,000 of student loan for only 13% of the country, 87% wouldn't be affected by this, especially as the Secretary of Education said when he was asked, what happens to the people that paid off their student loans? What are they going to get out of this? And he just said one word, nothing. And so when you look at the $10,000 uh, on the student loan, 20000 for those with Pell Grants, and they were asked, how much is this going to cost? Because, again, they're not paying for this. And they didn't even have an idea. Then they started thinking, well, maybe around $300 billion. Well, the Wharton uh, School came back out and said this could cost up to a trillion dollars. So, you know, you and I have talked what's going to happen is, is that uh, we're going to pay a trillion dollars in interest payments alone in the year 2030 just to pay interest on the national debt. That's not paying it down. That's just to pay interest. Yeah. And I'm going to guarantee you right now, we're going to have to borrow money to pay the interest. And when you think about the uh, ten-year, uh, what the ten-year note is right now, and it's what was over 3.4 percent yesterday, that's all going to get passed on to the consumer because it's going to cost them more to borrow money. The federal government's going to have to pay more to borrow money, and uh, so we're we're in a real real disaster here on the horizon. And the Democrats, it's just like nothing to see. Just keep going off the cliff. Keep going off the cliff. I may not be the smartest guy. I never graduated college, Congresswoman, but I do know that if I don't have enough money to even pay just the interest payments on my debt instead of the actual principal to pay down it, I know that that's a bad thing because I'm going to be in a world of hurt as that balance continues to linger. If we have to borrow money just to pay on the interest payments of the federal deficit and the federal debt nationwide... I am assuming that we're going to be in bad, in a bad shape. And at the same time, Congressman, we just read that for the first 10 months of this fiscal year, as we get get ready to wrap up this fiscal year in October, that we have received more tax revenue than ever before in American history. So we're bringing in more money than ever before, but yet we can't even pay the interest payments on the debt that we have as a country. Well, and again, their philosophy is spending as fast as it comes in. 
and we can't do that. And again, what we should be doing, and this is a novel thought, which were our forefathers one made sure that we did pay off the debt. And but you know, you start thinking about how you're going to pay off 31 trillion dollars in debt. It's unbelievable. And yeah. but that's what we need to be thinking about is if we have any money coming in that's you know, you might say extra. You know, if you I know when uh, my wife and I were married quite a few years back and there was the house payment and there was the student loan payment and there was another payment each month. Yeah. And so you you paid all those off and you said, you know what, if we had a little bit extra, instead of saying let's let's take a uh, a vacation or something, we put that aside and, and start paying off the mortgage a little bit faster, so we wouldn't have to pay so much in interest. Exactly. But uh, we're, we're we're you know we're looking at a fiscal crisis here because when you think that just the interest payment alone in less in less than eight years is going to be the top in the top three of our payments that we have to make in this country, and no defense isn't one of them. That's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. What's sad to me is that they try to parade it as a great economy because they're seeing all these jobs, which we're still seeing help wanted signs all over the place for restaurants and bars and nightclubs and all these entry level positions where we haven't been able to fill them since the COVID-19 pandemic. But they're saying the economy is doing so well. We're seeing a lack of a GDP growth because we are in a recession, whether we want to admit it or not, after two quarters of a GDP decrease uh, in the country. And yet they're saying going into, I guess it's just the election rhetoric right now, is that the economy is doing great and everybody's having a great time. Well, if you remember what happened to the White House the other day, he brought a thousand people in and Nancy Pelosi even had to tell people, oh, that's a, yeah, you're supposed to applause. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they couldn't even applause uh, until she told them to. And uh, so, you know, you've got a, the, the president uh, is trying to make the narrative, uh, you know, everything's great. And just if they, I guess they think that if they tell people over and over and over the same lie, they're going to start believing it. But you're absolutely correct what you said a little bit earlier about the Federal Reserve. If the Federal Reserve comes back and raises interest rates another uh, seven, you know, 75 uh, basis points, and we're going to give it, you know, we have from uh, three quarters of a percent, three quarters of a percent, another three quarters of a percent, and some some are saying they might even raise it in, in a whole point. Yeah. Just look what that's going to do to borrowing costs out there. The housing market's slowing down. That means people, uh, c- contractors aren't going to be building more houses. People are going to say can't afford it. Uh, our supply chains uh, still got problems, and those costs are way up. So when the, when they when the president says and the Democrats say everything is great, you know we're 55 days from an election, and this is what they're trying to t- uh, trick people into thinking is that that everything is great, but uh, this economy has got real problems. Yeah, it really does. We're talking with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. Let's talk about not just the economy, but the supply chain as well. We're still seeing gas prices linger right around 3 to $4 here in the in the middle of America. We're seeing 5 6 $7 gallon of gas in California and other places when gas really is, a, or the oil is really about $80 a barrel. So it's gone down, which I don't understand why gas prices are still high. But now we're going into another potential crisis this weekend, unless there's a deal made between these union workers and with the railways and, uh, and the companies, because they're planning on going on strike. And if they go on strike, Congressman, I mean, the supply chain that's almost back to normal pre-COVID-19 is going to be completely disrupted for food again and for energy, for electricity and for cars and for gas and for every other industry. This could be devastating to the economy. Well, it'd be about a two billion dollar a day hit if this happens uh, every day. And so, you know, there's word out there right now that there might be some agreement that uh, they've come to overnight. 
But yesterday I spoke to uh, Farm Bureau uh, in the state of Ohio. They're they're down here in, in Washington. And I also had Farm Bureau members from my district, about 13 members. Uh, and, you know, one of the things they talked about, if, you know, what happens if? Because, again, we're getting in, uh, you know, very close to harvest season. How are you going to move that? How are you going to move the grain? And some of it's, you know, done uh, by rail, and all of a sudden you're going to have just grain backing up. So, you know, we can't have a rail strike uh, at this time because, again, it's it's really going to hurt the economy. Uh, All of a sudden everything that's moving, because in the state of Ohio, about 82.5% of everything is trucked into the state, but then again, a massive amount then on top of it then, of course, is brought in by rail. And, uh, you know, people are just trying to catch back up on the supply chain, and all of a sudden they're shut off again. So, uh, you know, this, you know, I hope that they did come to a resolution uh, that there isn't a strike because it would really harm the economy. But, uh, you know, these are all these things that we have to be thinking about, uh, that we have to shorten our supply chains and make sure that, you know, we're not relying on communist China because we can't have our dollars just flowing to them and our technology because they'll use it against us. Yeah, that is very true. It is a big concern, and I hope they do make a deal uh, right now. Talk about the latest that you've heard from Russia and the Ukraine. Hasn't been in the news as much lately, but obviously the conflict's still ongoing. In fact, the last uh, last I heard there was Ukraine was starting to take back some of their own land and pushing Russia back a little bit in that conflict. Uh, what is the status there, and is there any end in sight right now? Well, you know, it's a great question. And just by coincidence, this morning uh, we have our weekly prayer breakfast here at the Capitol, and we did have three Ukrainians with us. We also had some Albanians uh, join us for our prayer breakfast. But when you look what's happened in the Ukraine over the, uh, the last several days, uh, they've gone on an offensive against the Russians. And, you know, we don't, you don't want to put too much hope uh, what might could happen, but the, the Ukrainians are, are pushing the Russians back. They're taking back territory that they that the Russians seize from them. Uh, Russian troops are actually uh, de- some of them are uh, surrendering or deserting over. You've got uh, them just leaving uh, large stockpiles of ammunition and vehicles and just and fleeing uh, in front because again you know, a lot of these Russian conscripts they don't want to be there and they don't believe in what what uh, Putin's done. Yeah. But, you know, there's always this fear out there is that what Putin could do, because, he's you know, the guy's an autocrat, he's a dictator, that uh, if he thinks that things are really going bad to to stop a Ukrainian push, there's talk that uh, he could use tactical nuclear weapons. And what a tactical, of course, would be is be something that you could fire from a cannon onto a battlefield, and, you know, that's a nuclear uh, uh, shell. And so there's that concern. But... You know, our, our thoughts and prayers, and, you know, we want to make sure that we're doing what we can to help the Ukrainians regain their freedom and their democracy and protect it against the autocrat. And, you know, I don't think that uh, the Russian people are truly behind this. I think that uh, they're being, they're, they are being a, a bunch of lies because you hear what they're saying about the United States. But it's all, it's all about Putin and him retaining his power. Yeah. Well, that is very true. And you're right. I mean, I don't think the soldiers or the citizens of Russia actually support this in any way, shape or form. But I'd find it ironic that Russia is supposedly like the second or third most powerful military in the world. And yet they're being pushed back by this tiny little country. It's a large country in size, but it's small in population and in military power. And yet this country seems to be doing well when they're trying to defend their home nation and push back the enemy. I find that kind of surprising. Well, you know, there's a, two factors, I think, play into this. And I've been to the Ukraine. Uh, you know, they love their country. They want to defend their country. And so, 
there, there's the, the first thing right off the bat. You know, they're, they're defending themselves, and so they've got a reason why they're going to fight to the bitter end. Yeah. And the second is the United States, Western Europe has stepped up, making sure they have modern weapons. A lot of the weapons that the Ukrainians started this, this fight with were pretty much old Soviet East Bloc-type equipment uh, that just uh, could not sustain, sustain the onslaught. So, but, so when the, uh, the United States and, other, and Western Europe gave much more sophisticated weaponry, uh, we're finding out that uh, especially our our intelligence wasn't as accurate as it should have been because you always thought, as you said, where the Russian military strength is. But really, pretty much what the Russian military strength always falls back on is, well, we're always going to, because you heard uh, a while back Putin saying, we're just going to use nuclear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, first of all, we haven't had a war in uh, Europe, uh, in Central Europe since World War II. We haven't had... Uh, you know any any uh, thought since the Cold War ended of, uh, of of any type of a nuclear attack, but here you have uh, Putin waving it around now. Is the Black Sea port open right now? I know it was open. They made a deal, but then Russia was wanting to retract that again. Uh, but it was relieving some of the global food supply chain issues uh, for a while with that Black Sea port opening up. Is that still open right now? Well, you know, that's another good question because I was in another meeting uh, with the, uh, hopefully, the soon-to-be chairman of the Agriculture Committee here in the House of Representatives, G.T. Thompson, and uh, he brought up about, uh, you know, Ukrainian shipment. We all know that Ukraine is the breadbasket of Europe. There was an agreement that was worked out well over a month ago uh, that the Russians were supposed to let this grain get through. But, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much what you might call a trickle. To what uh, is out there because, of course, the Russians have destroyed a lot of the port facilities. They've destroyed silos and other ways to transport the grain. So, uh, you know, I heard reports that maybe about only 60% of uh, what they had exported last year would get out. But uh, they're a long way from doing it because, uh, you know, at any time the Russians, they were stopping it right now. Sure. Last couple questions before we let you go. It's Congressman Bob Latter from the 5th District of Ohio. Let's uh, shift gears a little bit to campaign uh, mode. Right now, you guys are in Washington, D.C., which is a little strange because usually you guys are on the campaign trail right now. You guys are usually talking to constituents and meeting around and debating and talking to people. But for some reason, you guys are being stuck in Washington, D.C., Nancy Pelosi not gaveling out. Why? I mean, are you guys working on any big issues? Are there any big votes coming up on the floor here soon? Well, of course, the only, the really only big issue that uh, should be a concern out there is the, the government could shut down on the 30th of the month. And so, once again, because again, the Democrats did not produce a budget, they did not do their appropriation bills. Uh, so now we're stuck in a situation that uh, here we are that uh, we might they're talking about doing a what they call a continuing resolution until about December 16th. Now, the problem with continuing resolutions are exactly what they say. You go. You can't go in and change anything. So if you have a bunch of uh, wasteful spending in there, you're just going to keep it going. And what you need to do is do your appropriation bills uh, way in advance so that you can get in there and take out the the stuff that shouldn't be there. And uh, but this is what this is what we're facing again. So uh, there was talk that the uh, uh, they wanted to get a, a continuing resolution uh, agreed upon between the House and the Senate by tomorrow. But the word uh, I'm getting right now is that that will not happen. It'll be pushed in the next week. So we're going to have to wait and find out if they're going to get this thing done. Otherwise, if they don't get it done, we, we go into a government shutdown. 
Wow, this has been the trend for a couple of years, hasn't it? We always talk about the continuing resolution, go to the end of the year, then right around Christmas time, we need to pass this big, massive omnibus spending bill in order for us to keep going or else we're going to shut down and people are going to die in the streets and they're not going to get their paychecks. I mean, it's the fear tactic we get every single year, isn't it? It's getting to be that way. But again, if, uh, if we don't do our work, and again, this is what we're here to do, is to get this done. And, uh, you know, again, I served on the budget committee years back, and it's important that you, you know, that there is a budget that's produced. And because if you have, because that's your blueprint, the budget uh, uh, tells the uh, committees what the overall looks going to be and what's going to be out there. Then the, uh, each committee uh, does its work by authorizing uh, different spending, but then it goes to the appropriation committee, and that's where the appropriations are done. So it's a three-step process, but at this stage, we're not seeing this work getting done. It's just always it's it's pretty much what you consider that uh, you know for people that uh, <laughs> in school waited till oh wait a minute I got an exam today and it's eight o'clock in the morning so they cram as fast as they can trying to go through everything and uh, but here it's like well it's almost like if it's they make it a false emergency that's like well now we got to pass this it's got to pass so everything's going to shut down. Man, it's the ongoing banging our head against the wall. And by the way, that scenario of trying to cram before the study at 8 a.m. there, that was me all through school, which is why I did not graduate <laughs> college. But nonetheless, that, uh, it's sad that our government leaders are doing that with the finances for our country. Uh, last question before we let you go, Congressman, but how's the district looking right now when you do get back there and you're able to talk to people and get ready for election season in November? Uh, how's everything going on that front? Well, you know, again, I represent a district that has the largest farm income-producing district in the state. I have 86,000 manufacturing jobs, just, you know, and with then all, everybody else and all the other jobs that people have. But, you know, there's a real concern, again, it's about, it's about the cost of living. It's about uh, the supply chain. It's about, you know, going to the grocery store and uh, looking at what you're paying for, you know, bread, milk, uh, bacon. You just go down the entire list, how everything's gone up in cost. Uh, people are very concerned about the, 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 this coming fall and winter because, you know, they're being told to brace for maybe 18, 20, 25 percent increases in their uh, uh, heating bills this fall. And it's all, it all really comes down to, again, this is all because of the Democrats. This is all because the Democrats are trying to kill our energy in this country. And all of a sudden you don't have it. And so, you know, when you have the President of the United States saying that he wants everything to be electric by 2035, you have the Governor of California saying California is going to go all green and electric by 2035. But then you look what happened a week ago when they had 103 degree temperatures. That same governor was saying, wait a minute, don't turn your air conditioners on. If you do, set it at a high temperature. And oh, by the way, if you have an electric car, don't plug it in. <laughs> we want you to go electric vehicle, but yet you can't plug it in because we have an energy crisis because all of our energy is green energy and it's not efficient enough to try and keep the grid stable. Yeah, that's the world we live in. And to them, that's a success with that news story that we saw a couple weeks ago of well, we averted a crisis in California because people willingly turned off their AC and willingly turned off their lines of power. That was a success was that we barely scraped it without blackout because people turned off their electricity and didn't strain the system. Well, and it goes back to what I said years ago. Uh, I, when I first came to Congress, I served on the Agriculture Committee, Budget, and the Transportation Infrastructure. A lot of these people don't want you on a car because they even came out in California with us uh, that they're looking at giving you a $1,000 credit for not owning a car. 
Wow. They want so they want they want you. They don't want. I've always said they don't want you to own a car. And I said, man, just like where you live, it's same where where I live. If you don't have a car, or a truck, a road, and a bridge, you're not going anywhere. You're not getting to work. You're not moving goods and services. But this is what this is their utopia: is that uh, at some point in time, uh, you're walking. Yeah, apparently we're going to be walking, we're going to be riding horses again, although they create methane that hurts the environment, or we're going to be riding bicycles. So we're going back to the old school ways, apparently. It's Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th District of Ohio. It's always great to talk to you, my friend. Keep up the fight in Washington, D.C. We'll get you back on here again real soon. Have a wonderful day.